Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo Golik. We were talking about something very unsavory in the break, and I can't get it. Ah, it was I, very savory. It was no. beef tongue. Beef tongue. Yeah, it's not for me. And it's, that's just a mental thing. I think it's just a mental thing. I have a mental block when it comes to that. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Don't like you it. You wouldn't eat beef. Like, so if I presented it to you and you ate it, and then after the fact I told you, by the way, Chris Farley style, did you know that those were actually crystals? You would freak out if I told you, by the way, do you know this delicious beef dish that was on top of a bed of gnocchi was actually tongue? You would freak out and punch me if I was the server. I wouldn't freak out and punch you, but I just would never, even if I thought it was good while I ate it, like I would not, I would not order it again. See, that's interesting because if... If Even you if liked I thought it, it was good, yeah. It's a really? mental block, because if I know I'm eating beef tongue, there's like a mental thing there. Do you have any other mental block foods out there that you won't eat? Lamb. I mean, lamb. Okay. Just lamb in general? Yeah, it's a baby of, It's a baby animal. Yeah. I mean, all these things are animals that we're killing to eat this. All these sure, things were alive. we're not killing them as a baby. Lamb is literally a newborn animal you kill it as a baby because it's nice and tender and sweet and i don't like that god is it tender and sweet <laughs> all right i mean you know the, there's part of me that could see that the, the beef tongue i don't understand because if it tastes good why would why would it matter i don't know it's a mental she keeps thing the, and, in her defense, it looks very much like tongue. Like, I saw it, and I was like, oh, it's giving tongue. And then I tasted it, and I was like, oh, it's giving really good beef. So, beef tongue. <laughs> A1 there, a little bit disturbing for Jesse. Not nearly as disturbing as our rankings from last week, already in shambles from the first round of wow. the NFL's college football playoff committee rankings. Me, you, and Jason Fitz started this last week. It was an old Fitzian idea from ESPN. Where what if we looked at the NFL every week? Because we have tried and failed miserably. Every week this season, especially, to figure out who the best team in the NFL is. Because it feels like every year when we crown a new team as the best team in the NFL, they immediately go and get their doors blown off the next weekend. So I almost feel bad crowning a team each week, but we decided right. to apply the same college football playoff process to this, looking at things like head-to-head -head wins, strength of schedule, quality losses, all the works that get discussed in the college football playoff room to figure out who the top four teams are. Jesse, do we have last week's standings of what we went with? Oh, we sure do. You're taking a look at them right now up here. We have them on the board. You can see we have Philly. We have Baltimore, KC, and Cincinnati. And that was where we went with our, you know, imaginary world where we have an NFL playoff selection committee. I saw you like slapped your your face, Gojo, like, oh no. So fellas, huh. basically how would this be changing now after week 10? Because it do be changing. Oh, it's definitely changing. I, I, I got to believe right out of the gate, Mike, that Cincinnati is out of the four. And then the question is going to be, does Baltimore drop out of the four? Because the two that we have to think about is going to be San Francisco and Detroit. We we made the mistake last week of kind of kind of keeping Detroit down a little bit, and we apologized for that. I think they're definitely going to be in it. It's just a matter of is Cincinnati and Baltimore going to be out, replaced by San Francisco and Detroit, or are we leaving Baltimore in? And then if so, which of those two, Detroit or San Francisco, goes in the top four? I would be tempted to put Baltimore still in the top four because when you look at the way this team has played this season, we'll get to this because they're playing in Thursday night football, but right. they're still the NFL leader in point differential. They've had some wonky fourth quarters. Every game they lost has been by a touchdown or less. And in most of those, when you look at the win probability of the games, those little graphs on ESPN.com that some of you might see in the corner and never bother with, they're win it's almost always a game that they lose somehow inexplicably at the end. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL. The offense, while a little banged up going into tonight with left tackle Ronnie Stanley out, has 
been incredible on the ground. They've gotten the boost from Keaton Mitchell in the last couple of weeks. He needs more touches tonight, by the way. So I would still be pretty comfortable having in them in there, Dad, in terms of, hey, they're still right now a team that's in the playoffs at this point. You look at the playoff standings, they're leading the division in the NFC, uh, in the AFC North. And they've still looked like one of the best teams in football in all the ways that visually and performance-wise we do value in this end because it's the college football playoff analogy here. Performance does matter. Efficiency on both sides of the ball does matter. When the CFP was looking at Florida State and Washington at the 4-5 spot, one of the things they referenced was statistically and what we've seen on the field, Florida State's a more balanced team. Washington's defense has fallen off a cliff in recent weeks, and so those right. are things that are factored in of overall performance and how that backs up the eye test. I, w- I probably, because I heard you and Fitz, I probably would have Washington ahead of Florida State but I get it on the balance side of it. That's the thing. I mean, you have 13 people in that committee and you have criteria, but what happens is each individual 13 of those 13 people rank their criteria differently, right? So some might <clears throat> put more on eye test, some more on stats uh, along those lines. So I think for me, so you had Philly and, and Casey had buys, right? So that's why Travis Kelsey is over in Argentina and- hanging out with... Oh. With tra- with uh, by, with uh, by Taylor the way, Swift, man, what an experience that's been! Did you hear that the Kelsey parents and the Swift parents are apparently all going to be in the box at the game this weekend and meet for the first time? Oh my god, that's the room. Wait, the is rumor. she not? Oh, oh, not not Taylor. She's still out on on the on the tour, right? It's just the parents. Uh, I'll double check that. Yes. But I know at least the parents are. Maybe she has a break and she's going to, oh, a Thanksgiving break probably. Oh, okay. Taylor Swift's right. got a bye weekend coming up. And so on her bye, she now gets to fly up here for Travis's game. It's and a the bye home and home. are meeting. They're going to be wed very soon. Just saying. Wow. Soon. How about it that? Is. Holy smokes. So much you, love there. You, you Swifties have to be losing your minds over this one. Um, I, w- I would keep one and two. Well, well, Baltimore was two. I would have Philly number one. I, I think I would still have KC number two. I would put Detroit at three, and I would keep Baltimore in, but they would be four right now, which would mean San Francisco is still a bit on the outside looking in, even though they look very, very strong in dismantling Jacksonville. Yeah, Dad, I think the question really is going to become, because I agree with you on that top four. I, I think as we've gone through the season now, and going into week 11 already, which is crazy, Philly and Kansas City still seem the most trustworthy. A Super Bowl rematch in a season that's been marred by injury, especially at the quarterback position, feels more likely than ever. And then scrolling on down, Detroit rightfully earning a place in there. It was a victory where they let up a lot of points to the Chargers offense, but I think that's just as much. Hey, it's not necessarily I'm going to dog Detroit's defense that much, but to say every once in a while this Chargers team is going to play up to the potential that we've seen on this roster for a while, and last week ended up being one of those weeks. Baltimore, I, I do think, deserves to be in there. They have still been one of the best teams in the NFL. I think they're number one in DVOA coming off of Week 10 still. So they are still one of the most ruthlessly efficient teams on both sides of the ball. It's the next two out that become interesting, Dad, because how far should Cincinnati be punished in our minds for losing this last weekend, knowing injuries affected part of this? Sam Hubbard was out. There was the injury, the hamstring, I believe, to Trey Hendrickson. Um, Offensively, T. Higgins missed the game with a hamstring and looks like he's going to miss the game tonight with that hamstring as well on a short week. And so where do we slot them? Because it feels like that next three down, Dad, is San Francisco, Dallas, and Cincinnati in some order. Yeah, I, I, I think you would be right there. you you got to start giving Dallas that love. So San Fran, Dallas, Cincy. How about, I mean, you have other teams with three losses ahead of Cincinnati. Jacksonville just got smoked. What do you do with Miami? What do you do with Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is still undefeated no. in their division. No, absolutely not. I'm sorry. I love and I love and respect Mike Tomlin so much. I am amazed that they keep winning. They are tantalizing. I was listening to Levitard the other day, and Jessica Smetana picked them against the spread this weekend, and I can understand that because of the situation quarterback wise. You're going to see on the other side with DTR coming in, but outside of the fourth quarter and the Mike Tomlin magic of it all, I cannot rate them in the top six of NFL teams because of what we've seen or haven't seen from that offense on a consistent basis. 
So we, we have to put San Francisco five, right? They have to be ahead of Dallas because they smoked Dallas when they played. You have to give some credence to that head-to-head. That was a 42-10 to 10 game, uh, even though 100%. Dallas is playing better, better now. So you would have San Francisco at five, correct? I think so. And again, this is the human element portion of it where the committee is tasked with also understanding, hey, who was injured when? Did you have a different quarterback in? See, 2017 USC before they installed Sam Darnold in as their quarterback and then went on that unholy tear. You do look at San Francisco and go, okay, Debo back, Trent Williams back, acquire currency. They went out there and beat a Jags team that's going to be kind of a weird Rorschach test in its own right. I think I saw... um, some questions about you know what they're going to do as far as needing to take more shots downfield the offense outside of the initial play calls in there like that's still a good win though they went and won it decisively did the san francisco 49ers so i I think they do deserve to be in that five spot and then dad the dallas question because you're right dallas has feasted on teams that they are clearly better than they have gotten beaten by the teams that are above them in the nfc race right now but how we situate them you're right miami deserves to be in this conversation jacksonville i think for body of work still deserves to be in this conversation and then how you slot the cincinnati Bengals in that now as well who were trending like the best team in football and then right. suffer one setback and now are we just going to leave them for dead well i mean listen this is why you do it week to week right yeah so you go by week to week so i'm, I'm just i'm just trying to decide after san fran do we put dallas that seems to be and if we're doing that that's basing off of a team they being in the giants that stinks so we have to look at that correct um that that's why i just wonder do you put a different team there because dallas you know i mean they 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 get smoked by some teams um especially the 49ers so i'm not sure i mean i i as a close game with the eagles a five-point game i I almost feel like dallas would be number six because miami still show me something and beat a, a winning team though could you say that about dallas too i guess um, you could, but, but I'm, I'm I, I would, I would say I would agree with you. I think we would go. So we've got the top four: of Philly, Kansas City, Detroit, Baltimore. I would go San Francisco at number five. They were already knocking on the door a bit last week, just on the outside looking in with Jacksonville's direct head-to-head loss. You can put them above yep. them, and then Dallas right after that. Because for Dallas, Dad, you look at. All right, is this sustainable? Dak Prescott has been one of the best quarterbacks on third down all season long. The last few games, and this has been a year where it feels like once we alert people of a problem, it immediately gets rectified in the world of NFL wide receivers. We saw A.J. Brown earlier in the year complain about not getting enough targets, and all of a sudden he's on historic pace for the Eagles season. We talked publicly, and I heard Dan Orlovsky complaining on ESPN about C.J. Uh, C.D. Lamb. What are you doing? This guy's supposed to be your number one receiver. And now in the last subsequent week since that conversation hit the big time, now he's been getting the ball ad nauseum. Now he's looked every bit like the number one receiver that Dallas played, uh, paid for there. And you're behind an offensive line that seems to be in more complete form now. Tyler Smith transcending, turning into one of the best, forget young yeah. guards, guards period in the NFL opposite Zach Martin. So they've got the strong foundation there. They've got the weapons on the outside. They've been able to push. And we still know defensively for that group up front, while some of it might feel a little bit more game flow specific and you worry about them against the specific matchups in the NFC of teams that can ground and pound them and get them in spots where you can't use the third down weaponry led by Micah Parsons. I still think overall, they have looked like one of the best teams in football finally again ever since that loss to San Francisco. Because remember, they had chances to win that game against Philly down the stretch. That was closely contested with one of the teams, the team we have listed as number one right now. And the other teams that have three losses, you find the warts with them, right? Miami, we've talked about. Pittsburgh, you mentioned. Seattle, Cleveland now with the quarterback situation. So I think I would trust of the three lost teams, Dallas more than those teams I just mentioned to put them in the sixth slot because, boy, they have the talent. You just think about, man, if they don't get where they're trying to go, the underachieving that they would have, but they have to get by the one team in their division, and that's Philadelphia, and at this point they still can't do it. Still can't do it. The team I am keeping my eye the closest on and am excited to continue to see the progress of is the Houston Texans. Like They're not going to make any meaningful moves up the charts this week playing a Cardinals team that's bad and that we expect them to beat. But in a couple weeks, Jacksonville versus Houston. 
all of a sudden, with that division in question, starts to become a really, really enticing matchup. We thought the Jags were going to be able to run away with this one a little bit in the AFC South, but it does not appear to be the case if the Texans can keep this up. And remember, that game they won last week against the Bengals without their top receiver in Nico Collins and without their top running back in Damian Pierce, although Devin Singletary probably deserving of a few more carries in that backfield based on the performance that we saw from him so all right we feel comfortable about this then number one philadelphia number two kansas city number three detroit lions number four baltimore ravens number five just on the outside looking in san francisco followed by dallas yep now i I think we're good with that schedule now I just need to look up the schedule and see who is most likely to disappoint us this weekend and make us look bad based on this. It could start right tonight, Dad. We'll get to our Thursday night preview in a little yeah. bit. Cincinnati <laughs> at Baltimore. But, man, is there something tailor more tailor-made to make us look dumb than having Baltimore in the top four and immediately, Jesse, having the Cincinnati Bengals ruin that? Yeah, that would be classic, wouldn't it? You would just love that. We would love to absolutely love to also, see it. Also, I have a Taylor Swift update. Oh, okay. I was wondering. You made a face. That's why I was concerned, and I felt like we needed to go to you. So this is yeah, important. Yeah, I was just yes. trying to transition into it. No good way to transition back. You said Taylor made, and I was like, I have a Taylor made comment. Ah! Uh, so Taylor plays Sunday in Brazil, but the Chiefs are on Monday Night Football. So you know, private planes. It is possible, right, for her to get there. I don't know exactly the fly time on that, but I feel like it's possible for her to get to the game on Monday night, and then her next show isn't until Friday after Thanksgiving. So she's. Oh, we yeah. could be spending the week, the families together. Thanksgiving could be spent together. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do we think this is moving kind of fast, gang? Do we think this is moving a little too fast? Well, according to Gojo, who lives in L.A., the whispers, uh, sources have been saying that this has been going on I, for longer than the public knows. Listen, I'm just saying looking at the timeline, I think it makes a lot of sense that everyone we are probably this has probably been the tip of the iceberg and i've been saying this for a while by the way that that's been going on a lot longer i think that that was a bait and switch that we got when travis originally came out and said i tried to give her the bracelet with my number at the concert in kansas city and she said no i think that was probably where this could have began i think reading the tea leaves a little bit so by the way i mean looking at the primetime schedule sunday night more interesting than expected now with the Vikings going on the road to a Denver Broncos team that's in a little bit resurgent. The Vikings have the past or not. Thursday night football we mentioned tonight. We'll get to talk about the Bengals at Baltimore. And then Monday night football being a rematch of the Super Bowl with the Eagles and the Chiefs. What we went through last weekend, we have been delivered from now. Primetime slop last weekend that we had to survive. Now we have been delivered mana from heaven right now. This is an incredible slate that we've got and we've got some stress games built in the schedule too dad as far as teams that could embarrass us in our top group here feel pretty good about san francisco tampa bay on the road going to play the 49ers i don't think they're going to make us look bad in that game there kansas city and uh and philly really no loser there for us we can feel pretty good about that overall um detroit chicago going to detroit division game but i'm not super worried about that one so overall i think we might get out of this one okay yeah, I do as well, and, and I I don't expect the the Philadelphia KC game to be a blowout. So I actually think the loser may still stay in the top four. We'll have to wait and see what the other teams do as well. Just on the outside, uh, looking into this one, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't see a lot of too much change. Just on the though, like you said, it could start tonight with Baltimore and Cincinnati. All of a sudden, Cincinnati finding themselves yet again, and then we start talking about them yet again until they lay another clunker. Jesse, can I ask you really quick why that you said, well, Gojo seemed to seem differently about it, and he lives in L.A. What does living in L.A. have to do with that? Because he's been it's saying, no like, it's, it's L.A., it's, it's Hollywood. That's where the gossip, where the rumor mill is. So Gojo's telling us he's hearing things about, like, this Taylor Swift thing. So I'm like, oh, well, he's in L.A. He's hearing things that we're not privy to, Senior, because we don't live in L.A. Are you, Mike? Are you hearing like things that we're not privy to? I'm built different. Listen, I'm just reading the tea leaves, baby, and I'm seeing the signs. He's got I've sources. Been a look at all this. Senior, he's got sources. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just I'm a man who sees what's out there and understands that this all wouldn't possibly be happening on the timeline that we're seeing right now 
Some you guys got to go stuff. ahead and look for this. Big brain yeah. stuff. I don't want these. Stuff. Yeah, I, I don't want these crazy kids rushing into anything. Take your time. They're young. You have time. Uh, you know what? I would. They're again, kind of like you learned yesterday with us yeah. on the show. They're not that young. That's the thing. Like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to call anybody. They're young like, to me. Old. But like, I understand they're young to you, but they're not earth. young for the earth. They're, they're not young for the decision to get married or not. When you're dating early thirties, is it young? Bit... No. no. What am I missing here? Really? I mean, not relative to this decision. No, absolutely not. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golic. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. Kick off your NFL weekend with Thursday Night Football on Prime. It is on, baby. It's going to be Ravens, Bengals. Here's Joe Burrow reflecting on that first matchup with the Ravens in week two that they ended up losing. You know, I wasn't obviously feeling my best at that point. Didn't quite have my full full toolbox in there, but uh, I thought we did some good things in the second half, like you said. You know, first half, we didn't have a ton of plays. Uh, they did a good job. You know, we, we found some explosives in the second half. That's what we have to try to do. They do a great job of limiting those explosive plays, and you have to try to find them uh, because they're, they're going to do a really good job on offense, keeping the ball, running it, scoring points. So we're going to have to do the same. Guys, so the Ravens won that first matchup, uh, 27-24. Burrow still wasn't 100% coming back from that injury. So obviously this is the time that your rankings that you just came up with are going to get messed up and the Bengals are going to go out and win this one. Yep, no doubt they're going to make us look bad. If you're looking for the trend that's followed in the NFL each of the last few weeks, this would be the opportunity. Although the Ravens already lost last week, Dad, in a game against the Cleveland Browns where Deshaun Watson was playing hurt. So maybe they got it out of the way then and are going to be good now in this game. Both teams, uh, we mentioned before, but it bears repeating, limping into this one somewhat. The Ravens going to be without left tackle Ronnie Stanley, which unfortunately has become a refrain that they're familiar with. Feel bad for Ronnie, man. He's been battling hard to get back from a lot of that and had looked and started to feel like the player that we saw earned that big contract for them. Marlon Humphrey also was listed as doubtful yesterday, their cornerback. So we'll see about some of the depth in the secondary. And then for Cincinnati on their side, Sam Hubbard, their defensive end, who's a great run stuffer, missed last game. Looks like he's going to miss this one. Trey Hendrickson, I know, got beat up in the last one. And then T. Higgins going to be out again on the short week at wide receiver. So, Dad, I lean pretty squarely in favor of the Ravens at this game. When you look at specifically what they've been able to do to even a healthy Joe Burrow, last year, two of his three worst games in terms of quarterback rating came against the Baltimore Ravens. This defense and Mike McDonald really understand how to solve the problem that is Joe Burrow and do it pretty well. So, you know, you look at other stats, you know, Ravens lead the NFL in explosive plays and Cincinnati gives up the most explosive plays. So you look at that and you wonder, will big plays hit for Baltimore? One thing you can explain a little bit, because we're seeing more of this this year. I've talked about stunts up front, but you're also seeing, you know, a lot of anywhere up to six guys on the line of scrimmage. Now, in the games under under Mike McDonald, the, the defensive coordinator, uh, for Baltimore in, what is it, in four matchups. They've blitzed Burrow just 19 of 164 dropbacks. But it can look misleading because you see all the guys up on the line of scrimmage and you think it's going to be a blitz. And then what happens is a defense will drop players out where four will still rush, but Mike gets done to confuse the offensive line instead of just a straight four-man rush where 
everybody knows exactly where they're going, whether you're sliding or what you're doing. Uh, it, it's a little different. You could explain better as an old lineman for people to watch when everybody is up on the line, what the old line is doing, because they don't know. A lot of times it's just four that are rushing. So it's no more than normal, but they don't know which four are rushing of the six that are on the line. Yeah, Baltimore's gotten really good. It's basically the bait and switch. You're trying to get them to slide one way or move one way and then send guys the other way on that defense. And that's why that stat is kind of misleading because they end up just rushing four guys. But you get a free hitter like Kyle Hamilton coming from the outside who gets to waylay your quarterback. And we've seen even last game that can produce bad results for opposing offenses. And so I think that's part of it too because you're also trying to confuse the offensive line and freeze the quarterback a little bit. You got guys dropping into zones they weren't in normally. And so now even Joe Burrow, who's been at his best and we saw the signs of healthy Joe Burrow when all his passing stats after two and a half seconds in the pocket or moving out of the pocket jumped up that was when we were like okay healthy Joe Burrow is back we're good to go even for that guy though when you're able to make him think an extra second when you're able to present something one way and then completely change it post snap they've used it and been able to bother Joe Burrow and behind this offensive line that's still kind of getting its sea legs underneath it and is still at times had trouble I do think that's a matchup that can swing the balance of power on that side of the ball and dad on the other side then we talked about the effect Sam Hubbard not being there had Houston was able to run all over the Bengals yeah and no disrespect to the Texans, but they've been a bottom-dweller rushing team for most of this season. That was really the only game where they jumped out and did anything. You're going up against the Baltimore Ravens right now that in addition to already having Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards and these guys in the backfield behind a really good offensive line, now just unlock this Keaton Mitchell thing who only inexplicably had four touches in this last game, needs to have a lot more because, Dad, the undrafted rookie out of East Carolina is a spark plug in this offense. He's got great home run speed. He's really twitchy. And I'd imagine if you're Todd Munkin, you're going to look at what you did last week and say, all right, we went away. We got a deep backfield. We forgot about it. We've got to find more opportunities to get this guy the football because he adds an element to your offense that I think – even as good of rushing offense it is, Lamar Jackson is not as explosive as he was. He's getting older. He doesn't quite have that same twitch in the open field. This guy's got some of that juice that I think this offense can benefit from. Yeah, and Lamar has been pretty successful against Cincinnati. What, seven of eight? He's won seven of eight starts in his career against Cincinnati. To me, you know, I gave the stat about Baltimore, the most explosive plays. Cincinnati giving up the most explosive. But we know Cincy can be explosive as well. Now, as we mentioned, T. Higgins is out, so that takes some away from it. But they can be an explosive offense. But as we talked about earlier, when you have all those guys on the line, this is why, you know, film study to me is so important, especially, you know, not only the old line, in every, every position, quite honestly, but to me, one of the most important things a quarterback has to decipher is in that split second after the snap, what do you have? You know, you can sit there and look at what you see pre-snap, but so many defenses now are not showing you what they're going to be in in pre-snap. At least the, I think the better, unless you're just that good where you can just line up and say, we're going to beat you, i.e. see Buddy Ryan's defenses. Uh, but other than that, you know, and then especially what happened as well, I know when we played together for a while uh, in Philly and had guys that have been together for a while, you get freedoms and on where and what you do before the snap. We would be moving around everywhere. We would be lining up in different positions because we had played together for a while and we wanted to not give the look. And then as long as obviously by the snap, you made sure of where your responsibility and where you were going to be, that was fine. But the whole idea, it's not rocket science here to figure out is make the quarterback have to make that decision as late as possible about what he's getting to your point to have that just a split second hesitation and that could change everything on a play so I always like seeing defenses move around and see and see are they giving something away sometimes they make a move too quick and the smart quarterbacks they know exactly what's going to happen they know exactly where they're going to move and what defense are going to end up in. So the chess game gets to be pretty fun to watch, especially with defenses that are moving around trying to confuse offenses. I love watching that part of the game. 
I think the fun part about this game for me is that both of these quarterbacks have the ability to be calm when that does happen. And it's not even the split second decisions. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are two of the best quarterbacks in football in calmly navigating the chaos post snap and then using their athletic ability to buy time and get the ball downfield. Lamar Jackson has looked supremely in control of that so far this season. So he's played MVP caliber ball and now as their receivers have started to catch these passes saw OBJ took another slant to the house which man that felt nostalgic this last yep. weekend it started to reflect that in the numbers now dad the line in this game is three and a half in favor of the Baltimore Ravens I'm inclined to take them and give the points I know the AFC North usually is not a place where you want to do that but listen to this stat from NFL research the Baltimore Ravens have the least time spent trailing in the NFL this season. They've only trailed for 28 minutes, uh, or, uh, yeah, 28 minutes of actual yeah. game time. Listen in the last 40 years to the other teams that are in their tax bracket for the five, uh, the teams with the five lowest time spent trailing in NFL history. It's them, the 84 Dolphins, the 98 Broncos, the 90 Giants, and the 07 Patriots. All four of those other teams that had trailed the least amount in NFL history. We're 10-0 at this point. The Baltimore Ravens are the only team with a loss. That shows you how close the margin has been for Baltimore, where they have been so much better for so long in these games. The weird fourth quarter stuff is somewhat concerning. Dad, I'm inclined to believe that evens out, and I'm inclined to believe that starts this week. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Outside Cincinnati starting to look like what we've seen. They've just been too inconsistent. I, I'm with you on this one. I, I, I lean Baltimore's way. Congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals on your win now that we've decided. Exactly. It's exactly right. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Michael Jr., Michael Sr., and Jesse Cofield. And Jesse, today is an important day. Yeah. In this show's history and really in the world's history, we have a lot of arbitrary made up days that pop up and National Fast Food Day feels very spiritually aligned with us here. We've got some interesting stats about the United States' relationship fast food that are already causing controversy among our show staff here. So what can you tell us, Jesse, on National Fast Food Day? Yeah, a holy day, some would say, in America. Um so 83% of American families eat at fast food restaurants at least once a week. I was quite shocked by this. You thought that was not a big deal. I don't. Yeah, that seems no. like, honestly, once a week seems like light work to me because that's like a fun little treat, especially if you've got kids. I'd imagine that's one thing. And Jesse, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you're at the age yet where your daughter is diving into the fast food train or if you got a bribe like that. But that seems like an easy thing. Like, hey, if we're good at the end of the week, I don't, this doesn't have the same cachet now, but when I was a kid, like going to get the Happy Meal, the Happy Meal toy in there, that was something you kind of look forward to, especially if they had some special offer going on at the time. I was raised in like, my mom was one of those organic mommies before that was really uh, a thing. So oh, wow. we were really not allowed to have this kind of stuff. I do, she wasn't a complete lunatic. We were allowed to, you know, have it sometimes, but it was like a, I remember like, every three weeks my brother had a math tutor and we would all have to drive to the math tutor and like we would get mcdonald's and that was like whoa so the treat yeah a huge treat so i guess i just was not in the norm i guess also the average the american household spends 10 percent of their annual income on fast food that's a, that right, is something. See, that part doesn't make sense to me because if 83% of families yeah. are eating fast food, I guess it's at least once a week. So that affords the opportunity right, for more. Right. And that's where the 10%. That's how math works, Mike. I'm dumb. Sorry. Also, I will cheap. tell you this. I will tell you this. Uh, Mike and Jake were born 15 months apart, and then Sydney came a few years after that. Uh, we, definitely, we definitely got fast food. And the amount of fries and things like that that ended up on the floor of the car. Oh. What, a, what an absolute mess that it would be. But yeah, they, they, they had their share of fast food. I did. McDonald's was a huge fast food for me as I was growing up. And the first sport I did was swimming. So me and my people on the swim team, we'd go to McDonald's all the time. Big Mac was my go-to burger all the time. Then as I got older, it became Wendy's. It was a triple, a single, and a, and a, and a um, Frosty. That was my go-to when I got older, like in high school. Wait, so you would and, get a triple and a single? Yes. Yes. Oh. Why a triple and a single? Could you mm. not get two doubles? No, I liked the triple, and then it wasn't enough to fill me up, so I got the single. 
I just like the triple. Did I like you, holding the triple. Did you combine the single onto the triple and make it a quad? Did you eat them separately? No. I ate them, ate them separately with my Frosty. Separately. So I just like the triple. I like getting the triple. Ooh. I like getting their biggest burger and eating it and then realizing it wasn't enough. So I knew I would need more. So are you also someone, we had this discussion yesterday, I believe when you were off the show. Are you a French fry into the Frosty Dipper? No, I have never. I, I will do it, but for the most part, I am not. That is uh, not not the way I go. I I will dip into ketchup. I will dip into mustard. I will dip into barbecue, barbecue sauce. That's where it's at. Yeah, yeah. I'll do. I'll dip my the fry into all of that, but never. I, I very rarely, if ever, will I dip it into a frosty or a shake of any kind. Yeah, because it's gross. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm like this, Jesse. I, I'm like this because there are there, there's the argument when people get pineapple on pizza. That's not pizza, and that's ridiculous. It is pizza, and it's pineapple on pizza. Good pizza. You may not like pineapple on pizza, and that's fine. But it's still a pizza that has pineapple as one of the toppings. So I'm not going to 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 curse somebody that puts. I'm just not going to eat it. I don't particularly what if they, care for it. What if they do what Jameson Williams did and they put their McFlurry on top of a cheeseburger on the burger on the meat? You can't endorse that. You can't support that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, let me ask you this: <clears throat> Are they all ending up in your gut? No, uh, no, they no, absolutely not. That's I I un, I understand where you're going with that, but that's wrong in this case. Yeah, I mean, that's you could say that about anything. You could say but that. Why about is anything. it wrong? See, th- this is what I don't understand because somebody doesn't eat it the way you think it should be eaten. That it's wrong. No, I mean, because that's if the someone, way America thinks it should be eaten. Well, so what? Yes. The, I mean, are, are are we all just sheep and say if this is the way they do it, then this is the way we're all going to do yes. it? Yes, and I then mean, we will publicly free, shame them. Feel free to have a mind of your own if you want to try something. I have zero problem, zero problem. And but look at this: you guys are the thirty-something. I'm the sixty-year-old who's you know set in their ways. Man, go enjoy. You want to dump your shake on your burger? Have a ball. I'm not going to do it. I don't enjoy that. But if you like that, why the hell would I have a problem with that? Because because children are watching, and if they decide to emulate that, then we've really started problems in society. Because you're actively making both parts of that equation worse by putting them together in that way. I award you no points, Dad. You and I did um, the like our fast food rankings in the yes. fall, and. I feel like part of the thing that always comes off is we were having this conversation, Tom Glennon, one of our producers, brought up that he goes to Chipotle every week, one night a week. That's not fast food to me. Chipotle, to me, doesn't count. I can watch them cooking the ingredients fresh in the back there. That does not count as fast food to me. The same way where fast food, in my mind, is you've got that thin veil between us and what's going on in the kitchen where it's hidden by the tray. You know that tray where they've got the racks yep. of them, and when the food is ready, they put it out there so Dump the people on up the front tray. can do that. There's separation of church and state. Like Five Guys, same deal. I can watch them cook the burger back there in front of me there. That is not fast food in the same way that like an In-N-Out burger is, which is why when we have that debate all the time, Five Guys, objectively better burger than In-N-Out burger, but in a different price range, cooked differently in a way that doesn't feel as fast foody as In-N-Out burger that's a little bit more conveyor belt assembly line well, style packaging we will, we will completely disagree here i watch them cook a burger in and out burger and i watch them cook a burger at five guys it's the same thing you don't so watch no them cook the burger in and out the kitchen's not open like that yeah the, the kitchen is absolutely you can absolutely see where they're cooking the burger in in and out absolutely yeah, i mean if the you look back around the corner and creep into the I, kitchen bottom line is after i do my order and when i go over where the drink is i can look square back there and see exactly where they're cooking and preparing the burger so i can't believe you don't think five guys is fast food chipotle is absolutely fast food my definition of fast food is walk in order get your food you know i don't care if i can see them cooking it or not if i have to sit down and somebody i have to you know a waiter or waitress comes over and i have to order Okay, I get it. That's not fast food. But if I'm going, I can get my food faster at times in Chipotle than I can at a McDonald's. So, so um, but if you go actually now to like Shake Shack, which I did recently, you go up and you just boop, 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 put your order right. in a little computer and God, then it, I hate it gets, that. Yeah, yeah, it gets your order yeah. ready for you. Yeah. yeah. 
Dad, I Not will say that. one of the major differentiators is usually also, and this was one that skews in favor of my argument here, presence of a drive-thru. Five guys, no drive-thru. Correct. Chipotle, no drive-thru, inherently less fast food on the spectrum than the ones you're talking it's, about. I Check. think yeah. there's three tiers. There's like sitting down and ordering. There's You've got your Chipotles and your five guys, and then you have like your McDonald's and your Taco Bells, your drive-thru people. Uh, fast okay. casual uh, uh, to me like i think of tried like dad when we did these lists you had like sourdough world and all these highfalutin yeah. places on there to me that's not S the down and dirty man like taco sourdough bell is my number world is, one what is sourdough, sourdough world is, what is because that? it's, it's also great, a very it's specific a arizona sub. chain oh. well it is and it's a great sub and it's not highfalutin it's just a really yeah. good sub i mean uh, because it doesn't have a drive-through that's not the definition for me i'll say this though real quickly uh, when you talk about burgers, fries, chicken, shakes, just like we talk about in in sports, one guy is so much better than the next guy at his position. What's the drop-off? I think the best thing there is where something is number one and there's a huge drop-off after this is the Portillo shake. Their shake that has bits of cake in it is so far and away the best shake I've ever had that the next one I can't even think of of what a second. Where I can do, I can split up burgers close here, fries close here, but the Portillo shake is by far and away the best shake I've ever had in my life. Don't even know what a Portillo is. But, it, oh, but again, Jesse, fast, I'm going to change your more, life when more I get fast casual than I would say in the pantheon of actual fast food shakes. The Wendy's Frosty reigns supreme in its own tax bracket. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, uh, time to finish off the day the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. But if you miss it or miss us, you can get all of it, including our great guests like Arizona head football coach Jed Fish, who joined us earlier today, wherever you get your podcast or right here on the DraftKings YouTube channel as soon as we finish at 10 o'clock Eastern every day. Also want to give a shout out if you're watching on YouTube right now and you see me rocking the new Cali Redwoods shirt from the Premier Lacrosse League there. A big congrats to those guys uh, this week made the announcement that the Premier, uh, Premier Lacrosse League is now going to have geographic locations for their teams. They've been barnstorming since their inception all the way back in 2018 and now dad looking at what this league has grown into seeing them you've got all these different teams that have affiliations the boston cannons obviously in boston the new york atlas the philadelphia water dogs the maryland whip snakes carolina chaos the denver outlaws <laughs> formerly the chrome lacrosse club the utah archers and of course the california redwoods which dad they sent along some gear for you too we got some shirts nice. getting you ready to go because in people not aware, the Redwoods, the team with the highest percentage usually year in and year out of former Notre Dame lacrosse players. So that is whom we root for and that is who we rep around here. So congrats to Paul Rabel and the guys over at the PLL for yet another big step forward in what's been uh, an historically groundbreaking venture into the next level of lacrosse. And it's been really cool to see for them. Don't be wearing my stuff. All right. They sent it to me. Don't wear it. I'll be out there calling a game for the Rams or the Chargers at some point here soon. So just put it away. Don't put it on. I don't need your body stretching the shirt into how it fits my sleek body. Okay? 
So let's not be doing any of that. Just put it to the side. You too. No, it makes sense. You're a little boy and you don't want the big old boy to go out here and stretch your shirt out here with this man body here right now so your bones can fit the inside this. Totally yeah. understand that. Okay. Oh, you right. totally understand. Whatever. That. Congrats to the POL. Congrats to those guys. <laughs> Very excited to continue to rep the woods out here. Roll damn woods. Let's roll on into this, that, and the third guys for some big ones here. Yeah, it this is. This is an entirely Taylor and Travis theme. Travis, Travis, Travis. Oh, boy. Right? That's what this stands for today? Pretty much because, man, if you look at yesterday, one of the scariest things in the world happened to Travis Kelsey yesterday. This man had an army full of the Internet's most premier sleuths going through his old tweets. And usually when that happens with athletes, we wind out with something mildly racist, homophobic, problematic that gets them in trouble. And instead, what we have got with Travis Kelsey (laughs) is the squirrel tweet. (laughs) This is poetry. As someone pointed out, Folklore XV1, Taylor Swift in 2011 wrote the lyric, From when your Brooklyn broke my skin and bones, I'm a soldier who's returning half her weight. And did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? Just between us, did the love affair maim you too? The same year that Travis Kelsey tweeted, I just gave a squirrel a piece of bread and it straight smashed all of it. I had no idea they ate bread like that. Ha ha, hashtag crazy. And spelled squirrel, S-Q-U-I-R-L-E. Dad, if Webster doesn't change their dictionary definition spelling of squirrel to that, I am going to riot. That's the only way I'll endorse it from now on. Um, wait, sorry. He also spelled peace, P-E-I-C-E. Which is perfect. Not correct. In every way. Yeah. What what year was this? 2011. 2011. Oh, okay. All right. Ba- back in the back in the day when Travis was having a little bit of tr- trouble staying on teams, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, say what you want about his behavior at that point then. His tweets were at least very wholesome. I saw another one that the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife retweeted where Travis Kelsey was asked by someone, would you rather fight a bear in the forest or a shark in the ocean? To which Travis responded, once again, I do not abuse animals. A lover of animals. (laughs) This guy is scoring high marks across the board at every turn. let Let me also just say this. Pick 10 people. Walk down the street, pick 10 people, tell them to spell squirrel and peace. And see how many get both correct. I, I the squirrel thing, you know, I could see how you could get a little jammed up with that one. But peace, uh, I before a lot of people e. have trouble with the I E E I thing, don't they? I before E, except after yeah, except you, you know, right, right. You just yeah. you can't you can't defend. All right. Also, like uh, no, no. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think a lot of people would spell it wrong. I think I, so you're right. I, I'm. I think yeah. you're right. Which says more maybe about our current education system than Travis Kelsey. I will say big win for Travis, like you alluded to, Gojo, that like going back through his tweets and it's just like hilariously unproblematic, which is great. Yeah, finding out that Travis Kelsey actually has big golden retriever energy. Hugely, hugely big win. Uh, Up at Olive Garden with Papa. Had to grab the fettuccine with the chicken Alfredo. Hashtag schmackin'. Travis, never change, Never change. Good stuff. By the way, that's a great meal. It's a great meal. Speaking of schmackin', he was schmackin' on uh, the Christmas album with his brother here, right? Okay, so now he actually, do you think he's getting tips from Taylor? He has his own album, not exactly. He's featured on a song. So he lent his vocal talents to a Philly special Christmas, the Eagles Christmas album, and he sounds amazing. Got cars, biggest bars, they got rivers of gold. But the wind goes right through you, no place for the old. You first took my hand on a cold Christmas Eve. You promised me Broad Street was waiting for me. He sounded good. Well, Mike, remember we were out at Lake Tahoe when I golfed in that event in Lake yes. Tahoe. They they had the one of the nights they had karaoke. And he is renowned. He is well-known for going up there and just bringing down the house with his karaoke. And he did. There were plenty of people that went up there and sang. Plenty of people, you know, who everybody knows pretty well. He went up there and just and just killed it. So that, Jesse, doesn't surprise me one bit after seeing his performance at Lake Tahoe. I like, that's the un finished version right like that's someone just filming him in the studio and he sounded so i was pretty much blown away but it sounds like it's not just taylor's influence on him if you you know saw him do karaoke 
No, he's he's definitely got the chops yep. and the confidence in there. But he does. the fairy tale of Philadelphia was for the Christmas charity album that the Eagles O-line did. My unsolicited advice or tip with them would be, if you want to save the world, Christmas Tree Farm. Taylor Swift's Christmas song, have the Eagles O-line and Travis sing it with them. It benefits Philly. It feeds Philly's fandom that Taylor Swift's often been associated with. I know Papa uh, Swift was taking a little bit of heat from Jason Kelsey on the podcast for switching up and wearing the Chiefs lanyard. So this can solve a lot of problems with the musical talent they all now have available to them. Just but guys, let's get to the third. It's pretty good. Jesse. This is the part I wasn't expecting. In all the swelsy mania that we've seen take over, I didn't realize our animal friends would also be in the party. Yeah, Kelsey is 2023's most popular dog name. Wow. Yeah, I, first of all, I don't really know how you track something like this. Um, what are they, like, polling people? It's not like you have to register your dog, so I'm not sure where they're where they're getting this from. But apparently, Kelsey is 2023's most popular dog name, and I find that a little weird. I, I do as well. I, I didn't see that one coming. I'm not going to lie. That and And then, is that a... You know, I'm not going to sit there and say, name your pet what you want, that it's a bad name. But I have always been of the oak. Like, I have five dogs here now. You know, three dogs that, that Chris and I have. And then we have uh, Sydney and Ben's two dogs. Because, again, if you weren't with us earlier, my daughter Sydney uh, had a baby girl uh, last night. Uh, Alex Alexandra, she is uh, 7 pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long. Mother and daughter are doing wonderfully. So we have their two dogs as well. What are you laughing at, Mike? What did I do wrong? Just the fact that anytime Ben or the baby come up, you have to list their entire resume and life story. I just think it's hysterical, actually, the tradition of like giving the stats like it's a prized fish that you caught. Seven pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches. Every now and then when I when I uh, every now and then when I go do a talk and people say, is your family large? I would say, you know, my dad was six, four, two sixty. What Bob and Greg and I'll say my mom was six, three, two seventy. And I'll say it with a straight face. And people will kind of like chuckle a little bit. I'm like, why are you laughing? She was. She wasn't. But I just kind of like messing around. Back to the story that. really quickly. The, our dog names, Harry, Hank, Earl. For Sydney and Ben, it's Earl and Dorothy. I just, nice, easy, kind of once outside of Dorothy, we call her Dot. One syllable names, let's be done with it. Okay, but so they named one of their dogs the same name as one of your dogs? No it's, no, it's Ted, and he messed that up. Oh. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. That's okay. my fault. I was like, mm, interesting. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I screwed up. It's a really up. bold power you- play here to just <laughs> walk in and name their dog the same name as your dog. <laughs> like, our dog is named the same as your dog. We like ours better. We love them all the same. being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details